house tonight it's so great to have the violin playing two guitars piano don't you love the music i love the music it's great it's a blessing let's open up with a word of prayer father in heaven we thank you for this evening we thank you for the the families that have come tonight to to worship and to look into your word and i pray that you help us to honor you throughout the service in Christ's name we pray, amen. Please be seated. And let's continue in singing step by step, O God, you are my God, and then go tell it on the mountain. Oh God, you are my God, and I will ever praise you. 
voices again as we sing his name is wonderful his name is wonderful his name is wonderful his name is wonderful jesus my lord he is the mighty king master of everything his name is wonderful Jesus, my Lord, he's a great shepherd, the rock of all ages, almighty God is he. song is called your name you know the tune because we sing it quite often but they have a christmas verse to it so humbly to the earth you came born into this world today humbly to the earth you came born into this world to stay god with us emmanuel now we adore your name your name is a strong and mighty tower your name is a shelter like no other your name let the nation sing it louder because nothing has the power to save but your name jesus in your name we pray come and fill our hearts 
shelter like no other your name let the nation sing it louder cause nothing has the power to save but your name all right if you would take your bibles with me and turn to john gospel of john chapter 16 i'm going to read you verses 7 down through 14 and tonight this morning I preached on the Messiah's mission, the fact that Jesus Christ was coming as prophesied in the book of Isaiah, chapter 61, verse 1 and 2. And tonight, what I'm going to do is take you to a text where Christ is prophesying of the coming Holy Spirit and why the Holy Spirit has come into our hearts and into our lives and what his purpose is. So we're going to look here in John chapter 16, verses 7 through 14, and I'm going to show you the three reasons why Jesus Christ said we needed the Holy Spirit. So listen as I read down in our text, and then we're going to go over that this evening. Verse 7 of John 16, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you, but if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they believe not on me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and ye see me no more. Of judgment, because the Prince of this world is judged. I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of the truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. Let's have a word of prayer. Father in heaven, I pray that you'd be with us as we look into your scriptures this evening. I ask that you help us to have a fuller, better understanding of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. According to your prophecy, your promise that when you left, when you ascended up into heaven, you would send another, another even as yourself, the Holy Spirit. We pray this in the name of you, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. When you look down here in verse 13, I want you to look at that with me one more time. It says, Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of, what's it say? It's not going to be about himself. It's not going to be about the Holy Spirit pumping himself. Listen to the second half of the verse. But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, the Lord Jesus Christ says. So it's very important for us to understand as we approach the subject of the Holy Spirit, that Christ himself said, listen, the Holy Spirit is not coming to promote himself. He's not coming to lift up the Holy Spirit, to revive the Holy Spirit, to move the Holy Spirit. He said the Holy Spirit is coming to exalt Jesus Christ. He is going to come and he is going to tell us what it is God the Father and God the Son desires to share 
he shall be moved by God as the Holy Spirit. But when you look back in this text, he gives us clearly the three things that the Holy Spirit is coming for. Listen to verse 8 again. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. That word reprove in your Bible is the Greek word elencho, and it simply means to convince or reveal. So he's saying to you and I, that he needs to ascend up to, to be with the Father. He cannot stay. He says, I must go because I need to send the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes, he is going to reprove the world. He's going to convince or reveal to all the world sin, righteousness, and judgment. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. It is to stir the hearts of human beings. It's to do the work both in the lost and in Christians to reveal sin, to reveal righteousness, and to reveal judgment. So let's look at the first part, verse 9. What's it say? It says, of sin because they believe not on me. So Christ defines and clarifies it for us in case we don't quite understand. He wants us to grasp. The Holy Spirit is coming to reveal sin to a world that does not believe in him. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. Turn with me, if you would, to the Gospel of John chapter 3. John chapter 3, and I'm going to read to you verses 18 down through 21. Here it says, He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So when he talks about the whole world, he says, he that believes is safe, secure, born again, a child of God. But he that believes not is condemned already. He wants us to understand that the Holy Spirit has a work to do. And that Holy Spirit's work is to bring to an understanding the separation between mankind and God, the sin that is in their lives. Go back with me and look at the text as we read down to verses 19 through 21. And this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world. And men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. You know, sometimes you hear people talk and they talk as if the world does not have evil. They live in some kind of a, a rose-colored world where they excuse and dismiss the evil of the world. But the reality is, all we have to do is remove the rose-colored glasses and we can see evil in the world, can't we? And he tells us the Holy Spirit has come that he might reveal the darkness in human hearts, their sinfulness. Verse 19, he says, and this is that condemnation that the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, 
that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. So we find in John chapter 16, when we look down here at verse 9, God is telling us that he is sending the Holy Spirit for the very purpose of revealing sin in mankind, that mankind might turn to Jesus Christ. Why is it so important that we understand sin? It's because until we see ourselves as sinner, we cannot repent of that sin. No matter who it is, whether you're raised up in church your entire life from the time you're just a baby, or whether you've newly come to church and come to hear the word of God, Every single person has to come to that place where they look in the mirror and they say, yes, that person is a sinner. And the Holy Spirit is sent to, to convince us, to reveal to us our sinfulness, how that there is evil within our hearts and we need the light to drive out that darkness that is within our soul. This is the job of the Holy Spirit for each and every one of us. And even you and I that are Christians need that revealing power of the Holy Spirit. Because we as Christians, we find ourselves sinning. We find ourselves doing things that we know would not honor the Lord. And we need that Holy Spirit to move in our hearts and our souls to reveal to us that is sin. Otherwise, we begin to convince ourselves that it's okay. That God doesn't care. That he's going to dismiss it, ignore it. It's not important. And so the Holy Spirit is there to just stir our hearts, to convince and to reveal to us that yes, even as a saint, we do sin. And that's why we come to verses like 1 John 1, 9, where it tells us we must confess our sin to him. Well, in order for us to do that, we have to, too, look in the mirror and say, Ugh, yes, I sin, and therefore I must repent. Therefore, I must ask for forgiveness that God might be faithful and just to forgive us of our sin. So when we look at this text and Christ prophesies the coming of the Holy Spirit and he so clearly states that the Holy Spirit has come to reveal sin. And then in verse nine, when he says of sin, because they believe not on me, we understand that the Holy Spirit is a work of salvation. He does a work to move people to come to understanding that they might come to faith. It's part of the progression of beckoning and wooing that the Holy Spirit does in bringing us to a place of repentance. But let's go back to our text there in John chapter 16, and let's look again at what he says in verses 8 and 9. Verse 8, he said, And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin. Verse 9, he clarifies, Of sin, because they believe not in me. Go back to verse 8. The second thing he says to us, he says, and of righteousness. He will reprove the world of righteousness. Now look at verse 10. He's going to expand the understanding of that. He says of righteousness, because I go to my father and you see me no more. 
So he's addressing the fact that, yes, even as he mentioned in that very first verse I read to you, verse 7, he said, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. Because we know he's going to ascend up to be with the Heavenly Father. And here he says to us, he says, listen, the Holy Spirit is going to come to convince or reveal righteousness because I, Jesus Christ, is going to be gone. So people are no longer going to be able to walk with him. They're no longer going to be able to talk to him face to face. They're no longer going to be able to see the way he deals with accusation and danger and, and how he deals with the sin in the neighborhood and, and how people deal with him, how he's going to deal with uh, demonic possessed people. They're no longer going to be able to see Christ do that. But instead, the Holy Spirit is going to do a work. He's come to convince or reveal righteousness because Christ has gone to be with the Father. He desires to show believers right living. That's what righteousness means. Turn with me, if you would, to Galatians chapter 5. We come down to Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 down through 25. Listen as I read it to you, just so that you can understand what righteousness is. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another and envying one another. Here he's telling us, he's saying, the Holy Spirit is coming. I'm going to be gone. But the Holy Spirit is coming to reveal to you what is right. What is righteous? And then here we see the very fruit of the Spirit, that which is righteous in our lives. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. So when we look at this text, we understand the work of the Holy Spirit is for us to see the practicality of the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. Each and every one of us the work of the Spirit does that in our lives. We begin to see righteousness, rightness in our daily walk. I want you to look with me also at Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. And here we find that many need to tune in, turn in to the work of the Lord to understand what righteousness is. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, Think on these things. Again, he gives us a list of things that are right or righteous. 
And the Holy Spirit uses these truths to stir our hearts and to help us to understand while we cannot see Christ walking the earth in doing these things, we can have the Holy Spirit in us stir us to follow the pattern, to follow what God has laid out for us. So it's kind of like in your life. You have, you have your children. I look over here, I see these Kelly kids sitting here and being just such little sweeties right there with their mom and dad. And they're, they're behaving, uh, and that's because mom and dad are sitting there behaving, right? Wouldn't that make sense? They're listening, and why are they listening? Mom and dad are listening. And so they're going to learn Bible verses and Bible truths and the things of God. Why? Because mom and dad are sitting there and doing that. Well, at home right now, there's lots of moms and dads, and they're watching The Simpsons, or they're watching some other insane, crazy thing, and their kids are sitting there, and they're watching and learning all that too. Now tell me, which one is going to live more like God? It's going to be the ones that have sat and listened to the principles of God, rather than the insanity of all the other stuff that's out there. Christ says, I can't, I'm not going to be here with you. But I'm going to send another such as myself. And he is going to come and he is going to show you through the word of God, through the example of Christian living, those things that are right. And when we look at a verse like Philippians 4.8, and you just look at the simple list, it's not hard to understand what right is. Look at it again with me. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true. And do we not live in a day and an age? Today I was talking to some parents uh, of preschoolers and grandparents and probably great-grandparents too. Um, as I'm chatting with them, inevitably it comes up how crazy the world is today. And one of the, one of the dads, big burly guy, big burly beard, you know, I'm not sure if he just came off the mountains. I'm not sure because everybody looks that way today, doesn't it? And so he's talking to me and just out of the clear blue, he starts talking to me about how crazy the world is we live in today. You can't tell what's true and what's not. You can't tell what's right, what's wrong. Of course, that's my opportunity to say, well, you know what? Bring your family to church. Let them come and worship and hear and learn what is true and what is right. Let the Holy Spirit, I didn't say to him, let the Holy Spirit, because he doesn't know anything about the Holy Spirit. He said, come to church that you might worship, that you might raise your children that way. And then I pointed to his two little girls and I said, because they're growing up really fast and it's going to go by really fast. When you're my age, you know how fast it is. But when you're his, you're thinking, oh, I don't know, it's going pretty slow. But no, it's going fast. So when we look at a verse like this, you're there, I'm here. When we look at it, it says to us, let the Holy Spirit show you those things that are true. Take the glasses off that confuse. Satan wants to confuse us about what's, what's true. He says, listen, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest. Don't we need honesty in the world we live in? 
this, this last year, I, I rebuilt a house down here on the bottom of the hill. And uh, Sandra Joe and I have done a few of those through the years so that we could put money in a retirement account, account in case someday I retire. But I had, like, Zach came and he did some taping for me and painting and all of that. I didn't even have a signed contract with Zach. You know why? Because I believe he's an honest person. And so he did a great job. Him and his mom, phenomenal painting. When they got done, I was very happy. And I didn't need a contract. Why? Because we have an honest relationship. I cut him a check. Did I pay you, Zach? I'm glad. Because I'm honest. That's part of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, is to do what's honest. And so when we look at this text, we see here, he says, listen, let the Holy Spirit reveal this righteousness to you. Truth, honesty, whatsoever things are just. What's just? Is it just to treat one person different than another? Is it just to let some people burn down the community while other people can't even say anything without being hauled off to jail? I mean, what's just? We have to go back and say, Lord, show me. Show me what is just because my world is upside down. The Holy Spirit leads us in what is just. Whatsoever things are pure. What is purity today? Purity is a... It's a blurred thing, isn't it? I mean, you can watch a television show and man, all of a sudden you're, you're watching a TV show, you think the thing is pure. Next thing you know, you're like, whoa, wait a minute. Because our society has blurred the lines. So he says, let the Holy Spirit teach you as a Christian. The world needs a good dose of the Holy Spirit showing what is pure. Whatsoever things are lovely. That's a term. It's an old English term. It's not commonly used today to say, well, that is very lovely. But most things today aren't lovely. They're crude. They're rude. They're in your face. He says here, you know what? Those things that are lovely are things you should think upon. They're things that the Holy Spirit should help you to understand. That is pure and it's lovely. He comes down, he says, whatsoever things are of good report. Isn't it sad that when you turn on the news, most of the time it's always bad? Because bad news sells. That's actually a mantra of the newspaper industry. Bad news sells. And so we see that on every aspect, whether it's on the internet, whether it's on cable or dish or your newspaper, if you read a newspaper, bad news sells. But God says to us, he says, you know what? It's good to think upon those things that are of a good report. Uh, we're getting ready to do the Dave Ramsey on Sunday nights. Kim and Andre, uh, they're going to be teaching the Dave Ramsey Financial Freedom Program. One of the things I love about Dave Ramsey is they have these testimonies of people who have successfully become debt-free. They call in, right? 
uh, and, and the, they'll get them on the phone and they'll say, okay, tell your story. And that person will say, well, you know, my wife and I, we got married and we went ahead and we bought everything on credit. And before you know it, we we're a hundred thousand dollars in the hole. And we realized that we're not going to make it one more day unless we do the Dave Ramsey program. And, and then they go ahead and they explain. We started with baby step one and baby step two. And we did this. And we got our small savings together. And then we went ahead and started paying off. And they'll give a whole good report. And every time I hear one of those things, I think to myself, good for you. Man, that is great. Because there's so many other folks who are drowning under the crushing weight of debt. I love to hear the good reports. I love to meet people who say to me, yes, I'm born again. I'm a child of God. I received Jesus as my savior. That's a good report, isn't it? I love to meet these moms and dads who bring their kids to the uh, preschool program. And they say to me, oh, in fact, they're just today standing right here. Had a, da a dad look at me and he said to me, oh, I wish my other daughter had come to this program because Rachel and Jesse, they do such a great job. These kids get that launch into school. And this dad says, oh, this, his little one that's in the program right now, he said, I see all the time things she's learning. And then he looked at me and he said, not just the book work. And then he started talking about how that Rachel and Jesse, they have that consistency they're not beating the kids. They're not screaming at the kids, but they have that consistency of structure. And he brought it up. I love to hear those good reports, don't you? So you go down through this <clears throat> and he ends it by saying, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. That's the Holy Spirit inspiring the word of God to be penned so that you and I in the year 2023 can pick this text up and we can read it. Jesus is not here to say to me, come here, Tim, I want to tell you about this. Nope. He sent the Holy Spirit to do that work so that I might learn to pattern my life after the word of God, so that I can determine what is true, what's honest, what's just, what's pure, what's lovely, those things that are of good report, looking for that which is virtuous and praiseworthy. I learn those things because the Holy Spirit has come to convince or reveal righteousness. So as we look at this, we'll come down to the third one. And that way I can let you get some cookies before you go, because I don't want to keep you too long. Uh, we'll look, look at the third one pretty quickly. Look with me down in verse 11. Well, let's jump back and I'll read verse 8 again. And when he has come, when the Holy Spirit has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. And when we jump down to verse 11, he's going he's gonna to expand on judgment. He says of judgment... Because the prince of this world is judged. He says, I want you to understand. Satan is alive and well. And Satan is one who works and wages against you and I as believers. He wages against that which is righteous. He rages against that 
which is good and true. All those values that are revealed by the Holy Spirit to be even the fruit of the Spirit. He says, I need the Spirit to come and to reveal the judgment that is going to come to Satan and all those who adhere to the things of Satan. He has come that judgment might be revealed so that we might desire mercy. You see, sometimes you have to see the contrast to value what you have. It's a little bit like in life, sometimes it's not until you lose it that you really appreciate it. I was talking to a gentleman today at the program. No, it was actually at the end of church. Talked to a lot of people today. And at the end of church, I'm chatting with him. And he told me, I asked him, I said, what do you do for a living? He was visiting services this morning. <clears throat> he told me, my job is off the roads. All the power lines that run through the woods in the wilderness of Vermont. He says, my job, my crew, we climb the trees because no bucket trucks. This is all off line. He says, we climb the trees and we trim the trees so that the lines won't fall on the power lines when we get ice storms and snowstorms. How many of you like electricity? I'm telling you, I am horribly spoiled. I love electricity. I love the fact that I can walk in my house, bam, let the light shine. I just think that is the greatest thing. You know what I really hate? Is when it goes, boom. And I go over to switch, poo, nothing. I don't like that at all. I want somebody to get out there and get it fixed or prevent it from ever going out because I appreciate electricity so much when it's gone. And the longer it's gone, the more I miss it. Have you noticed that? You know, when I was a little boy, the power would go out. Mom and dad would light candles and oil lamps. And it was just kind of fun. We'd gather around, we'd play games. You know, you'd play checkers or who, who knows, whatever it was. And it was just kind of quaint. But that grew old. Because all of a sudden the heat didn't come on. You know, all of a sudden toilets couldn't be flushed. All of a sudden, one thing after another, it wasn't long and we were saying, man, I hope this power is coming on pretty soon. And you're getting on the phone, you're hoping the phone's going to work so as you can call and say, when's the power coming back on? When we look at this, he tells us, he says, the Holy Spirit is going to come to help you to understand that judgment is coming. That you want mercy. You don't want judgment. You know, it's easy to take for granted mercy. But when you step away from mercy and you look at judgment, then all of a sudden you really appreciate mercy. Every day we experience the mercy of God. Because yes, we are saints. But we are not yet in heaven where we are so perfect that we are sinless. We are saved, but we're struggling. And we tap into the mercy of God every single day. I want you to turn with me, if you would, to 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. 
Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9. <clears throat> Here the text says to us, <clears throat> not rendering evil for evil. Or, wait a minute, that's the wrong one. Second Peter. I'm in First Peter. Although we could have preached that text. It's a good text. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God looks down at us, and with his grace, his mercy, his patience, his long-suffering na na nature, he shows us mercy. But the Holy Spirit is sent to remind us of judgment. It's a little bit like a little boy or a girl who reaches out to see the, the fire, the flame. And the closer they get to it, there's a reminder there. Anybody know what that reminder is? Pain. We don't like pain, do we? I don't like pain. In fact, I try to avoid pain. But God gave us the gift of pain to warn us. In fact, there are people who are born with a malady where they can't feel pain. And those people through their lives go through horrible things because pain is a warning. Well, the Holy Spirit is given to you and I that it might bring to us the remembrance, the understanding. It reveals to us judgment. So when we go to touch the forbidden, we feel that Holy Spirit say, no. No, don't do that. That's not right. You will be judged for that. There will be consequences for that. Don't do that. We may take that for granted, kind of like pain. But we're really very grateful for it. I'm grateful for pain. It lets me know when the stove is hot. It lets me know when the knife is sharp. It lets me know those things that stop me from doing that which would harm me. And also the Holy Spirit is there for that very purpose. I want you to look with me to Revelation chapter 20. <clears throat> Revelation chapter 20. And we're going to look at verse 12. And I'm almost done. I can hear those cookies just sitting there waiting for you. I was going to say, smell those cookies. And I said, here, you can't hear cookies, can you? I don't think so. Look with me at Revelation chapter 20, verse 12. We come down, it says, And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged, every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. The Holy Spirit inspired John to pen these words to remind us of judgment. And you and I, we think to ourselves, am I in the Lamb's book of life? You need to be sure. You need to make sure you have reservations. 
you need to make sure that you have put your faith in Je- you put your faith in Jesus Christ so that God would write your name in the Lamb's book of life, that you have eternal life, so that you're not one of those people standing there and the books are open and God goes down through. And he says, here's all the works of your life. And at no time, no place, do I ever see you put your faith in Christ. Now I see all these other sins. I see all these things you've done throughout your life. But I do not see in the books anywhere. Well, wait a minute. Let's look in the Lamb's Book of Life. Let's condense this down. And what's your name? Okay, let's... All right. Oh. It's not there. It's too late to write it in. All the books show that no time in your life did you ever receive Christ and ask for forgiveness of your sins. And here we look in the Lamb's Book of Life and your name's not there. And then all of a sudden we're faced with judgment. Eternal judgment. Separation from God. Eternally in hell. Torment forever and ever. Where the worm dieth not. So the Holy Spirit reveals this to us that we might understand and know. But as much as the Holy Spirit works hard to bring that to us, we know that we have an enemy. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. Listen to what it tells us. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them, which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. When Christ tells us that the Holy Spirit was come, was sent for a purpose. He was sent to show us sin. So that light could pierce the darkness. Christ knew Satan is constantly trying to darken the hearts and minds of people. He says also, I need for the Holy Spirit to come and show righteousness. So that you can see what, what see with the light. You can see what is good and right and of God. Because he says, Satan doesn't want you to see it and understand it. He doesn't want you to know. He says, in fact, the Holy Spirit has come to show you judgment. You need to see that there are consequences to rejecting God. Now, Satan, he desires to hide that. To blind us from that. He doesn't want us to know about the judgment. But the Holy Spirit wants us to see and understand and know. Why? Because God loves us. He loves you. Whether you're here at Victory Baptist Church tonight or you're live streaming, God loves you. He loves you so much that before he ascended up, he said, I'm going to send another, even as myself. The Holy Spirit. That he might help you to see and understand that which is sinful, that which is righteous, and that there is judgment. So choose. Choose the righteousness of God that you might avoid the judgment that will come to the God of this world, Satan. That you might have salvation through the Savior of this world, Jesus Christ. Let's have a word of prayer. The end of our service. If you're here tonight and you 
through the, through the message, you realize, yeah, the Holy Spirit is telling me I need to receive Christ. Come talk to me while we're having cookies and talking and visiting out in the foyer. Give me a chance. I would be happy to go through the scriptures that you might receive Jesus Christ as your Savior tonight. Let's have a word of prayer. Rachel slipped out. I saw her slip out. I bet she already has the cookies out there waiting for you. Amen? Let's have a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you that we could come to your house tonight. And Lord, we thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit in our lives. For Lord, we do need to be reminded of what is sin. We do need to understand what is right. And Lord, we thank you for the warning. The warning of judgment. Thank you, Lord. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.